up everybody this is marty friedman and you're watching cms tv It's American Angel right here on your classic metal show from their self-titled release, and uh, that's called After the Laughter. Uh, we had uh, Rocco Fury on the show a few years back, and uh, he was quite a character, Chris. He was the, uh, uh, back the lunch guy, right? He, he was the guy who was, he was talking about you. I guess he had checked out the show a little bit, and he goes, I know you, Chris. You're the fuck you guy. I'm the fuck you guy. Remember him? He says, I know you. You're the fuck you man guy. Everybody has a story about me, don't they? <laughs> he was the guy uh, who was talking about uh, taking care of himself. He says, you lose the, you, well, you, you ru lose the bag, you ruin the lunch or something. Yeah, something like that. You have the ID there. I do. I, I have to, I have to dig it out here real quick. I have it in my list here. Uh, you lose the bag and you, you I forget what he said. Something about you drop the bag, you lose the lunch. Yeah, something, something about lose the lunch. Let's yeah. see if I can find it real quick here. Um, I can't. Don't see it. I can't remember what I got it listed under. I'll have to just look for it and find it later. But what? What? No, is he the... said. Uh, he said you fuck up the bag, you'll lose the lunch. That's right. We're we're chatting in the chat room. Have you ever? And, and I'm going to guess you haven't, but if you have, be honest and tell. Have you, what is the most embarrassing thing you've ever done for a chick or for puss or for whatever? But it has to be chick related. Like you wouldn't do it normally, but you've done it for the sole reason of, you know, banging a chick or getting with a chick in some way. I, I don't know how embarrassing this is. And this is the first time I'm going to reveal this ever. This wasn't uh, this wasn't on display to where other people witnessed it. Okay. Um, there was this girl I I had a real crush on. Sure. Her name was Tina Serrano. All right. And uh, well, kind of a long story short, she this was way back in the uh, mid eighties, mid to. Yeah, it was if it was after it was about eighty six somewhere around there, but okay. anyway, uh, I was married at the time. Okay, and this girl, uh, she worked at this pizza shop that I stop at, and yeah. I got to know her a little bit and and whatnot, and and actually it turned out to be really ugly because, um, I never asked her out or anything. I mean, I was married, but you know, I would just chit chat with her, you know. Sure. And I, you know, we didn't get any real personal stuff. I didn't, you know, talk about my personal life or anything, discuss that with her or anything. We just, it was just like, hey, how's it going? You know, what's new with you? That kind of stuff. You know, I didn't really know her that well. Okay. Well, my, when my, uh, when my wife and I were decided to, to split up. Right. Um, this was like, she and I decided to split up like, uh, like around New Year's of 85 going into 86. Okay. So my wife was deciding what she wanted to do, whether she was, I mean, we were living in California at the time. And so 
it was just a decision as to whether she was going to go out on her own and stay around the area or whether she was going to go back to Ohio, which I had hoped she would do, but that's not what she ended up doing. Right. Sure. So anyway, uh, one, one evening the phone rings Mm -hmm. and it's this girl, right? Okay. And she, this was back when people had their name in the phone book and shit. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) So she, she looked me up in the phone book and called me. Okay. Well, uh, the wife answered the phone. Oh boy. And this girl was just like, uh, Oh, uh, is, is Wendell home? And she goes, yeah, he's here. And I'm just like, who the fuck is calling me on a Friday night? You know, late she goes, is, she goes, hi, Wendell, this is Tina. Is this like a bad time? And I was like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, so, uh, the wife, she's going off the rails, just running back and pacing back and forth. Who the fuck is that on the phone? Who is that whore? Who is oh, wait a minute. You had already decided to break up. Yes. All right. But she just, you know, flipped out. Right. At some. Chicken. So you had decided to break up, but she wasn't accepting that you were moving on. Apparently not. But I didn't even give this girl my number and I never gave right. her any indication that and she just she just thought, hey, I'm going to call this guy out of the blue, right? Right. And that's what okay. she did. Nice. And uh, so I was, you know, so my wife just like, I'll fix that bitch. And we had a second <laughs> extension, you know, so she ran over and grabbed the other extension. She goes, who the hell do you think you are calling here this late at night to talk to my husband? Oh, boy. And she's just like, Wendell, are you married? <laughs> You know, and the thing is, is I never, never discussed it with her. It wasn't like something that it was like even a, you know, it wasn't like I was hitting on her and asking her out and trying to sneak around on my wife or something. It was just, it was just, you know, just circumstances, (laughs) you know? Well, anyway, so, so, uh, about two days later, I think it was about two days later. Hold on. Before you fast forward two days. How bad was the fight? When oh, the fight it, it was it was bad because this was when she she basically I fell asleep on the couch after she had stormed in the bedroom and slammed the door and locked the door and all this and that. Right. And so I'm laying on the couch and I fall asleep and the light is on. And what woke me up is I saw the shadow come over my eyes and I woke up and she's standing over top of me with a butcher knife. And she's go, don't you fall asleep, you son of a bitch, or I'll, or I'll, you know, or I'll, I'll get you, or something to that effect. All right, now I just have to ask, dude, and and I'm being deadly serious here. Yeah, how do you a not leave and b not beat her fucking ass if she's got a knife on you like that? Well, you know, calmer, calmer heads prevail. You know me, dude. You've known me a long time. I'm a very, very calm person. I get that, but. It's one thing to it's one thing to not argue back. I mean she she could fucking kill you. Absolutely. Like legitimately kill you. Absolutely. There's I'm just going to say it straight out. If a woman came at me with a knife, she better be ready to go till the death. Right. I'm going to fucking knock her fucking through a wall. Mhm. You know, once you come at me with a weapon, you stop being a girl. Right. You start being a fucking attacker. Sure. And I don't know how you could even stay in that fucking house. I'd have been gone. Right. Fuck that. So, uh, you know, then she went storming back in the bedroom and locked herself in there. And, you know, I, I stayed awake the rest of the night. Right. 
And uh, it was just like, the uh, this is crazy, you know. So anyway, about two days later, um, I was working night shifts, so I was home during the day, sleeping, and the phone rang. So I, so I answer the phone, and it's this girl, right? Yeah. And she's just like, she goes, okay, bud, what's, what's the story? And so I told her, I told her what was up. You know, I told her exactly what was going on. I said, you know, and, and I told her what happened and all this and that. She goes, well, you know, I don't think, uh, you know, I don't, I don't think, uh, you should ever come in here again and I don't want to see you and I want to talk to you, blah, blah, blah. Right. You know, so I did, I respected her wishes. Right. Okay. So, uh, apparently, and I found this out two, two weeks later. Mm-hmm. When things finally calmed down and the and the wife was calmed down. Right. And I, I still give credit to this girl to this day. She called my wife. Okay. And told her, listen, he never asked me out. He never hit on me. He didn't give me his phone number. I thought he was single. I didn't know he was married. You know, right. I, you know, I didn't, you know, I took it upon myself to call him and I didn't know what his personal circumstances was. And I apologize. Right. So she told her because she told me two weeks later, not the girl, but my wife Yeah. told me that, that by the way, this Tina called and she explained the whole thing. Did that make it better? It did. Really? Yeah, it did. Because, hmm. because she started, you know, because when this happened, when the girl called, and I got off the phone with her. She started with the scream. I knew you were fucking around on me. I knew you were, you know, <laughs> that kind of shit. Right. Right. So the girl called and said, hey, that there's, you know, that didn't happen. You know, I called him out of the blue. I thought he was single. I didn't know. Jesus. You know. <laughs> That's funny. I know. So That's anyway, funny. a year or so later goes by. Okay. Okay. And she had the, she drove a, she drove a uh, pickup truck. This girl did. Okay. It was, and it was a very distinctive color. It was kind of like this orangey color. It was like the only one in town like it. Right. And I saw it parked at this. I was on my way home from work one morning. I got, you got off of work at seven in the morning. Mm-hmm. So I got off of work in the morning and I see her truck parked at this, like this uh, cafe type place. Sure. You know, so every day on my way home, I'm going by and her truck is parked there. So I'm get this, I get this impression that, well, she must work there. Right. All right. And, uh, so anyway, I was telling this guy, uh, he actually lived there in Ohio at one point, but he worked for me. He was a mechanic for me that he was an older guy. And right. he actually lived in in uh, Hartville. You know where Hartville is, right? Sure. Yeah. So he had originally lived in Hartville, so he knew the area, and kind of, we kind of had like a little bit of a camaraderie because we knew that you know we're from the same area. So uh, he worked the night shift too, and and so we would just kind of shoot the shit a little bit. And I was telling him about this situation a little bit and about this girl. And he goes, "Dude, you you should go stop in and see her." And I'm just like, "Hey, you know, the last time I talked to her, you know, wasn't such a such a good thing." He goes, "Yeah, but it's been like almost a year and a half or two years. Maybe you know things have calmed down. You know, right? Sure." He goes, "If you want, when I get off of work, we'll just go down there and have breakfast together." All right. So uh, that's what we did. We got off of work at the same time. This older 
gentleman and myself, we walked in there and sure as shit, she was working there. She was a waitress, right? Okay. And uh, so we we uh, walk in there and of course she's stunned to see me walk in there. And uh, so we sit down and she comes over and she um, she pours coffee and this and that and just just kind of like real nervous chit chat with me and whatnot. Right. And and my friend there, he says, it's OK that I brought him in here, isn't it? And she just kind of looked at me and broke into a big smile. And she goes, yeah, it's fine, you know, and all that. <laughs> so uh, she uh, she would she kept coming by the table and chit chatting and stuff. And so after that, we we finished up and left and, and we were walking out to the parking lot. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm walking to my car and I hear her calling my name. I turn around. She's coming out to the parking lot. Right. And she's just like, she goes, I just want to let you know that 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 situation was like really shitty, man. That was something, you know, you should have told me what your deal was and this and that. And, you know, so she goes, so are you divorced now? I said, yeah, that, I've been divorced over a year. And she goes, well, OK, well, maybe I'll see you around. Oh, and you never did. No. Well, now here's the here's the embarrassing thing. OK. All right. So because I kind of I really like this chick. I mean, I had a crush on her and everything, but, you know, okay. and I was like 25, maybe 24, 25 at the time. Sure. So I knew where she lived and I was working at the club and, the, you know, we would get out of the club at like two thirty, three o'clock in the morning. Right. So I was on my way home. I would stop by or or come, you know, drive about a you know, about a block from her house, not even a block, but, you know, far away to where it didn't draw any attention. Okay. And I would walk down to her house and I would either put like mylar balloons or like a, a bouquet of flowers or something like that, like under the windshield wiper of her truck. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and I, and I did this like maybe once a week for like, like a month. Right. And got no reaction out of her at all. You know, did you like put a card? Like, uh, well, she from, knew it was from me. Yeah, you know, she knew it was from me. Okay. So one day, I don't know, it was about a month later. Um, mm-hmm. I was at a gas station, or I saw her at a gas station. I pulled in right up, right up beside her, right. Okay. And got out of the car, and she just kind of like looked at me, and we just started talking, and yeah. she just like totally changed the subject. Like she just like totally ignored everything. Okay. You know, and because I think I said something, well, did you like the flowers or something like that? And she goes, you see that building over there? I've always liked the structure of that building. Oh, boy. You, you know, that kind of stuff. Just like totally, totally ignored, you know, the situation. Just like pretend okay. like it didn't even happen. Right. Right. So what I find out, though. Yeah. Is that she's involved with somebody. Oh, boy. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I come to find out that that she's involved with a guy who I don't know if he worked there or if he was like part owner or something. But there was like a Shell gas station. There was like a Shell gas station service center. Right. And I would see her. I would see her there, you know, periodically, you know. Right. So I did something one day. <laughs> this just cracks me up. All right. So I, I hadn't had any contact with her in a while, but I'd see her periodically around town and I'd often see her truck parked at this gas station, right? Sure. So one one day I'm out, out and about and I see her car, her truck, 
and it's it's at a shopping center. Okay. And the hood is up on it. Right. And so I pull in and there's this guy under the hood and he's tinkering around under the hood and I and it, I know it was kind of like a rainy day and I pulled up and I rolled down the window and I said, "Hey man, you having some kind of car problem?" He goes, "Yeah, I can't get this, you know, it won't start. There's something wrong with the choke, blah 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 blah." Okay. And, and I said, "Is there anything I can do for you?" He got he goes, "Well, you know, if you could if you could you know, help me out here. My shop is right down the street, which it was that Shell gas station. Okay. He says, if you could give me a ride down there, I'd appreciate that. Hell yeah, man. Hop in, you know? Right. <laughs> so this is her boyfriend, right? Right. So I drive him down to the shop and I very, very distinctly tell him what my name is like three times. Okay. Oh, Jesus, dude. <laughs> what an asshole. I know. <laughs> so so uh, I get him down to his shop. He goes, hey, thanks for a ride and everything. I said, well, don't you need a ride back? And he goes, oh, you do that? I said, yeah, dude, I'm not doing anything. Yeah, go grab your tools. Hop back in, you know. Get your tools. Wendell Neely will be sitting that's right here. Exa- that's exactly how I did it, too. <laughs> you might recognize me from our local florist, yeah, Wendell Neely. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> or hey i broke down with the truck there tina but this guy named wendell came along and helped me out <laughs> what a dick i know <laughs> holy shit <laughs> so for a girl uh embarrassing things for a girl yeah that i did that there you go <laughs> well yeah i was telling the story about um and i don't think i've ever told this on the air you remember the Teresa experience i do and it was pretty horrible, don't you think? Mm-hmm. Everybody, for a little while, for people that don't know, I dated this girl named Teresa after I got divorced. And I don't know, man. I mean, you weren't here, but you heard the stories. Sure. might have been as bad as the actual what I escaped from in the first fucking place. Right. Everybody hated fucking Teresa. But the truth of the matter was... That she was 14 years younger than me. Mm-hmm. Familiar to you. <laughs> but I but I played this card first, just a little more discreetly. If we, I don't know how that happened, but she was 14 years younger than me. And I was kind of using it to kind of throw that in my ex's face. You know, since she was the younger chick and fucking some grandfather. <laughs> you know. Sure. So I was like, whatever, you know. That was my that was my payback move, but Everybody in my existence hated fucking Teresa. Everybody hated her. All my friends hated her. It caused me a problem because she once dated one of my closest, closest friends. That caused problems. Didn't care. You know, I went for that. The problem was I went right back to my old habits of doing shit that I wouldn't normally do. You know, I went right back to that stupid ass habit, which I will never do again. Sure. You know, I, it was my first like real relationship after being married. So her thing was fucking country music. <laughs> yeah, I do remember this. And I and I was fucking. You know me and country. I'm a big fan, right? Yeah, big fan. <laughs> I have like two two bands that I like: Shania and Garth Brooks, and that's it. And neither of them would be in my top hundred of things I listen to. <clears throat> now, so she. 
she drags me out to fucking Kenny Chesney. Yeah. yeah. I know. And I don't know how much you know about Kenny Chesney, but that is some, that is the worst combination of old school hillbilly country and modern country. You get, it, it's sort of popish, but it's also real fucking rednecky at the show. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's Blossom. Which, you know, that's another nightmare all by itself. Right. So she had bought these tickets. This is going to make me look like a fucking idiot, but whatever. <laughs> she had bought a season pass to these tickets for, for like 15 shows or some shit that she had bought with her previous boyfriend, my friend Steve. Right. But Steve then broke up with her, so she was stuck with these tickets, right? Sure. Now, you know me and money. I don't really care. So I, she was bitching and moaning that she couldn't afford these tickets and blah, blah, blah. So what does Chris do? He buys the tickets for her. All 15 shows worth. <laughs> wow. 400 and whatever dollars worth of fucking concert tickets to see country shows. So now that I'm that deep in with country shows... I'm like, uh, she's like, well, you got to go with me to these shows. I can't just go with my girlfriends. I was like, all right, fine. So we go to fucking Kenny Chesney. And of course, Kenny Chesney is like completely sold out. So we're parked out by the street, which for people that don't know, between the street where you pull into Blossom and where the, the show is, what would you say realistically? Realistically, it's 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 probably three quarters of a mile. I would say it's longer than that, but okay. It felt like it was 6,000 miles away <laughs> because, of course, even though it's July, we're carrying a blanket in. Sure. You know, big, heavy fucking blanket. Not even like a light blanket to lay on the ground. She brings a fucking California King Comforter or some shit. That's fucking huge and hot that I'm carrying for, you know, a mile. And I'm a fat fucking guy. So me walking a mile, that's fucking taboo all by itself. Right. But then adding a blanket in the middle of July heat, that's fucking, that was awful. So we get, we finally get into Blossom. I start drinking immediately because <laughs> I'm like, why am I here? Yeah, there's $16 beers. Yeah, they. I think it was, it was eight each. Yeah. So. So, and, and I, of course, bought at least four to five each. So there's another hundy gone, you know, and we're sitting there watching this show, which is ridiculously bad. And, oh, I, I didn't even tell the, the fun part. Here I am, me, me, who you, as, as long as you've ever known me, you've known me how many years now? I bet you in 98, so almost 20, 19 years. Have you ever once, one time, seen me in anything but tennis shoes? No. No. Of course I'm wearing cowboy boots. Wow. So that I can fit in at the fucking country show. <laughs> you blend. Yeah. So I'm wearing these fucking uncomfortable-ass fucking $160 cowboy boots. That I bought so that I could blend in for this fucking show, right? And walking a, a fucking mile with these fucking uncomfortable shoes in this blanket. 
and a dumbass cowboy hat because I was really playing the role. Wow, you wore a cowboy hat? I most certainly did. Wow, look at you. Hop along, Howie. I wore a cowboy hat. I wore the boots. I played the game, man. So we get into this show. I start getting buzzed up a little bit. And the music's just horrendous, you know. And we're at the top of the fucking hill, too, which doesn't help because now what you can hear of the music is drowned out by a bunch of fucking hill jacks yelling and screaming, Woohoo! Of course. Woohoo! It's like, oh, you fucking assholes. Sit down and shut up. But nobody does. It's a standing show. So we stand there watching this fucking show. At the top of the hill where we're standing, breaks out. He has this song called something about making my tractor sexy. Yeah. She, <laughs> she, she, she thinks my tractor's sexy. Yeah, whatever that is. And so we're standing there. This song comes on. And everybody fucking starts at the top line dancing. Oh, my. And, of course, I get sucked into this shit. So I'm at the top of this fucking hill with my feet killing me drunk with a dumbass cowboy hat <laughs> line dancing at Blossom Music Center. Sure. Fucking so embarrassing. And it's like, thank God she did not have her phone record. Although I wish, in a way, I wish she did because it would be some great video to fucking show and embarrass myself heavily with but but yeah that would be my my extent that i went just to keep the puss around sure and believe me i don't know what i was thinking because that was really really not well I'll, I'll, i'll give you i'll give you something on the flip side all right go ahead how i how i was able to use the new girlfriend to torment the wife oh i like this so the wife and I split up. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we split up in May. Okay. And I didn't date anybody or go out with anybody um, at all right. through, through the year. And then in November, now I was 24 at the time. In November, I met this girl who was 19. Okay. And I know I've talked about her on the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, little, little short, stacked, very well-built girl, shapely, very shapely. Okay. And, uh, you know, we started up a relationship, you know, and, and this was, this was the little Mormon girl that could bang five times a day. Right. Okay. Yeah. So I had, you know, I was married for three years, so I needed to catch up and make up for lost time. Right. Sure. (laughs) And she was just, she was just, I guess the only term she was just fuckable. She's the one that called you like rhino or horse or something. She used to call me he whore. He whore. <laughs> he whore. <laughs> so she she'd say, "I love you, my he whore. I'll be back when you're hard again." Holy cow! Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I was pretty involved with this girl. You know, she was my first fling outside of fine, you know getting divorced. Right. And sure. This was just like unbridled, just flat out hedonistic sex. Right. Exactly. You know. So. Um, the, the, I owed the ex-wife uh, some money uh, as part of our settlement. So okay. I was paying her off and, and I think I was giving her $500 a month. I was giving her like two fifty every, every other week. Okay. I owed her five grand. And so I was paying her off at two fifty two fifty every other week for the privilege of not getting your heart cut out. Yeah. More or less. What a, what a <clears throat> deal that is. Exactly. 
So the first time that the wife became aware, the for, the ex-wife, I should say, became aware that I was involved with somebody is she just stopped over to the house unannounced. Mm-hmm. And the, the the little girlfriend and I were pretty heavily engaged in the bedroom at the time. Okay. So the doorbell is ringing and knocking on the door. So I get something on some shorts and a top or something real quick and head out to the, you know, answer the door. And it's the, it's the ex-wife and she's coming over because she needs money. It wasn't the time to pick up money, but she needed it and she wanted, you know, her money early. Right. Wanted to know if I could give her money early. Right. So she comes in the house and I need to talk to you. I need this blah, 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 blah. She's rattling off. Well, of course the, the girlfriend, she gets curious as, uh, you know, wants to see what the wife looks like. Right. So she's peeking out the bedroom door, just peeking through the crack. Right. So the wife notices that she's being watched. Right. So she turns around and just barges into my bedroom. And the little girlfriend is sitting on the side of the bed. She's got this big oversized T-shirt on, big big old boobies sticking out. (laughs) The girlfriend... For 19 years old, she was like super cool. You know, she didn't like freak out, nothing. She's just sitting on the side of the bed, real nonchalant. The wife just burst into the bedroom and and the little girlfriend, she goes, well, hello. <laughs> <laughs> just like real, like, well, hello. Nonchalant. And she goes, oh, and the wife, she's just like, oh, hi. Then she, then she turns around, comes storming back out of the bedroom, walks right up to me, and she goes, it figures you would get involved with someone like her. <laughs> yeah, a hot chick with big tits. Yeah, that's more or less what she was saying. <laughs> so a, a month or so goes by, and, and, it's, and it's payday for the ex-wife, right? Okay. And I'm working nights, so I'm asleep during the day. Okay. And the the girlfriend's mother would just drop her off at the house during the day. Right. And she would just come in and sleep with me during the day, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. So I told her, I said, listen, I said, I'm getting really sick and tired of the ex. Um, I need you to do me a favor. Okay. And I know this is just going to piss her off to no end. Right. She's supposed to stop by here today to get a check. Mm-hmm. I said, I'm going to sign a check in my checkbook. When she comes to the door to get the check, invite her in and say that I'm sleeping and just write the check out for her. <laughs> God damn, dude. <laughs> and that's exactly what she did. Oh, that had to be horrific. She goes, oh, she oh, had to be yelling and screaming. Oh, oh, yeah. She came into the house. You know, she knocked on the door. Yeah. She goes, oh, she goes, um, is Wendell at home? And he, Well, he's sleeping right now. Right. Oh, well, he was supposed to have something for me. Well, he said you would be stopping by for a check. How much was it again? I got his checkbook right here. <laughs> and she wrote her out a check and gave it to her. Nice. <laughs> That is so good. I know. Wow. Yep. And what did your ex do? Was she, were you in the house? I, th- I was in the house. I was in the bedroom. Was she screaming no, her head off? No, I think she just was stunned. I oh, think I she was been... absolutely stunned. 
I can't believe she didn't lose her fucking mind. I'm sure she did once she walked out with the check. Yeah, but, she, but greedy cunt took your money. Yeah, more or less. <laughs> but the the little girlfriend, she played that off just as cool as could be. Right. <laughs> nice. Yep. All right. I I think I have something that might rival this. All right. Not not, not that. It's not that bad, but it's it's pretty fun. So. And it's a little shaky on the can I tell it. We were already broke up and living in different places. So I'm going to tell it anyway. So I met. You remember the, the show that we did here, me and John. Mm-hmm. That led to me meeting Stephanie, the squirter episode, right? Right, right. Well, for the only time in my entire life. I actually felt bad about something that I actually did on the show. Okay. <coughs> with her. And I don't know why, because I didn't know. And to be clear, I did not know her at all. Literally, I had never met her. Just was a picture on, on Facebook. And that's all the more I knew Stephanie at the time. Okay. And it went from that to, you know, what the Squirter episode was. And it was fucking, you remember. It sure. Was fucking horrendous. Right. Well, I felt bad enough that I called Steph or I called John and had him put her in touch with me to, and I apologized to her and and I invited her to come over for some dinner that I would make. And, and, you know, and then we, if you remember, then we recorded where I played the shit back and just kind of let her fucking stop me wherever and say whatever she wanted. You remember that? Yeah, it was kind of like the uh, apology show or, yeah. or giving her a chance to rebut or any, you know, whatever. Right, mm-hmm. right. Well, what the plan was, was that she would come over here and have some dinner and we would do that. And then after John was working. So we were meeting John after at a at a club, um, at a club out in Palmer or Middleburg Heights or somewhere, somewhere far from my house. <coughs> so that was the plan. And that's how the plan played out was we, we were, um, we, we went, we did our thing here and then we went to the, to the bar and then we met up with John. Well, I drove because Steph had, I don't know, a few beers here at the house and I did too, but you know me, three beers, I'm not worried. So I drove and I drove out to Millbrook Heights and Steffi left her car here, here at the house. Mm -hmm. So we go through the whole day, whatever, the whole night rather and two in the morning or whatever. Steph just as she says, she's going to go home with John. Now this is before they're married to be clear, but, but she, you know, she was staying with John. They were half living together. I guess, whatever you call that. And, and I was like, okay, cool. You know? So I went home and I came back home and Steph and I took a bunch of fucking goofy pictures. And, um, you know, they, they were clearly pictures that I was going to use. <laughs> okay. I was going to use to cause problems with, with the X. Sure. You know, there, there's, there's actually, I, I could put those on Facebook cause I have them. They're on my Facebook somewhere of, you know, Steph sitting on my lap, Steph biting my neck, me and Steph just posing together at the bar, you know, just silly photos, you know, just, just being goofy. And she was all in to be a fucking asshole, which immediately made me love Stephanie. (laughs) 
So anyway, so that all happened. Um, so fast forward to the next day. The next day I'm at home and Steph was supposed to come by about three o'clock to get her car because she had left her car here. Right. And that was fine because Georgetta was supposed to come here at six o'clock to get some of her shit. Right. Well, of course it didn't work out that way. Sure. Georgetta shows up at Mm. noon and she's here at the house and she's like, she, she didn't even, she didn't even ask me whose car it was. She like looked in the car and saw some of Steph's stuff, which is, you know, girly type stuff, whatever Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. was in the car. And she's like, who are you fucking in my house? Uh, In my house, my house. And I was like, what? And she's like, who are you fucking in my house? I was like, there's nobody here. Bullshit. And she's tearing through the fucking house. Wow. Looking to see who I'm fucking in the house, right? So then she's, it turns into a huge fucking fight. Just a, a huge. Meanwhile, she's living with another dude. Right. But God forbid I had, even if you know, I didn't, but God forbid I had somebody here, right? So it, it, she's throwing fucking plates and shit and breaking stuff and, you know, yelling and screaming at me about what a fucking bastard I am. Yeah, you're the, you're the bastard. Mm-hmm. Nonstop. It's just a nonstop thing, right? Well, my phone rings at about two o'clock. And it's Steph. And she's like, hey, I'm going to come over to get my car. And I'm like, nah, you better not do that. <laughs> so, you know, she, I, I just hung up with her real quick because I didn't want to have the, even more of a problem. You know what I mean? Sure. I was trying to move it along. And it wasn't happening. Who is that? Your bitch? Is that your whore? Like, ugh. No. You know? Why, why is it that? When it comes to other women, they're reduced to being a bitch or a whore. Yeah. Meanwhile, I wasn't the one cheating. Right. You know, so. So I I just said I I quickly told Steph, I said, you know, wait an hour. So she calls me back in an hour. It was still going on. Just this nonstop shit. Another hour goes by. Still here yelling and screaming and packing up shit. So I go outside and I called John and I told John, I said, why don't you, Kai, you come to the house, have Stephanie drop you off at my, at my driveway and her drive up to like CVS or somewhere and have John take her car. Sure. Cause I was trying to avoid, you know, I was trying to to avoid a conflict. Yeah. Yeah. So. John, John's like, okay, we'll, we'll do that. Well, of course, John got lost. (laughs) Couldn't find my fucking house. Wow. So what ended up happening was finally, finally, while they were driving around Twinsburg, trying to figure out where my house was, she finally had enough waiting for the, for the big confrontation and left. So then Steph could come get her car. Sure. Literally what was supposed to be. You know, three o'clock, she ended up getting her car at like seven because <laughs> just because nobody wanted to have the fucking confrontation. Right. But it's it's 
that is the divorce world, isn't it? It is. It's fucking ridiculous. Well, you know, after that, you know, I, I got divorced at uh, 23. Yeah. Just before my 24th birthday. And at that point, I was just like, this ain't never happening again. Oh, I'm kind of with you on that one. You know, I got six, seven more years left to go. (laughs) It's like, this ain't never happening ever again. I'm not wasting them on that. Fuck you. Yeah. It's just no way. Well, I, I, you know, the, the thing is, is that, uh, the ex, um, stayed Mm. around California. Right. And, you know, 10 months after, well, not even 10 months, uh, let me see, May. That's the fifth month. So we're only talking, uh, what, seven months? Okay. Uh, she was pregnant with uh, some dude's baby. Wow. So, so, and then, you know, she got like pregnant in like December, I think. Mm-hmm. We were, we split up in May and she was pregnant by December. Yeah. But God forbid you would be fucking a chick. Yeah. And uh, by the time she was like about seven months in, eight months in. Right. You know, she had to come by the house to uh, explain to me that she was pregnant, <laughs> you know, and uh, the reason her her reasoning is, is that, you know, this was kind of a small town, right? So she wanted to be the one to tell me in case somebody that we jointly knew might right. have seen her around and said, yeah, yeah, I saw her. She's pregnant, you know? Yeah. So she wanted to tell me herself. And you were like, hey, whatever, bitch. That's more or less what I said. See, I mean, right. she came out. She, she called me up one day and she's like, uh, I want to, I need to stop by the house. I, I need to talk to you. Right. I'm just like, what do you need? And it's like, well, I, I just need to talk to you. All right. <laughs> so she comes by and uh, she's just like, well, you know, I just wanted to tell you this in person. I didn't want somebody that we made know jointly who may have seen me tell you this but uh, i'm pregnant all right and i'm just like all right and well you know well don't you have anything to say and so she of course she starts crying oh yeah because you're not because you're not upset well no because i think that she was pretty distraught over it that the fact that she's knocked up now oh nice you know and I'm just like, you think well, that's why you don't think it was, you don't think it had something to do with that. You were just like, all right, whatever. You know, I I, I, to be honest with you, it was, she was in a bad relationship. Right. And it, it, from what I understood anyway, it was kind of an abusive relationship. Yeah. And uh, I think that it was just like, you know, boy, what a big fuck up I made of myself, you know, that kind of thing. Right. And um, I remember this like it was yesterday, you know, she came over and. Um, telling me, you know, I'm pregnant and she kind of stands up and shows me her belly. And I'm just like, Oh, uh, 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 okay. It's like, uh, all right. And yeah, (laughs) and she goes, well, don't you have anything to say? (laughs) And I said, well, what do you want me to say? Well, she goes, well, say something. Right. And I said, well, here's what I have to say. How in the world? In this day and age, with every conceivable method of birth control available at your fingertips, can a middle-class white female get right. pregnant? How does that happen? Right. That's what I told her. And what'd she say? <laughs> exactly. That's exactly what it, it did. We were 
was so careful. Oh, you weren't. I said, well, apparently you weren't. <laughs> no, you weren't. It's like, well, what do you want from me? Yeah. You know, I got nothing to say on the subject. I mean, it's none of my business. I don't care. Yeah. It's like, what do you want? What do you want me to do? What, what do you want me to say? Dude, it's, it's funny because I, I have a similar story. Not about not about pregnancy, but I have that I have sort of that same story when when the ex told me she was marrying the dude that she was you know banging. Sure, you know she she called me same same type of a thing. She she didn't want me to hear it from somebody from the kids, I guess, but she felt like I like she owed that to me. Okay, you know? sure. Okay, you know, and, and she called me and she was like, I just want to let you know that that me and this guy are getting married. And I was like. Okay. And she was like, that's it. Okay. <laughs> what I was like, else do you want yeah. me to say? I was like, yeah, that's it. Okay. And she started crying. Same story. And it was, and, and it was like, I was like, what are you crying about? I just can't believe after all the time we spent together, that that's all I get, that I'm moving on. Well, and you <laughs> must've never cared in the first <laughs> And I and I I was like, what do you fucking want me to do? Yeah, you know, am I supposed to feel bad? You know what? We're done here. You know that's it. Book, you know, story done, story over. But it's the same thing. It was the minute I just said okay. Yeah, and that's exactly what I said. Same thing you did. I was just like okay. You know, I mean, I was like. What do you want to have a conversation about this? <laughs> want me to beg you back? No. Oh, all right. See ya. Have fun. Hope he doesn't beat you. Yeah. You know, that's, about, that's about the the extent of the conversation I have left to have. I sure. hope he doesn't beat you. Right. You know. Hopefully he's not a serial killer. Sure. You know. That's about. That's what else can I say? You know. Now you're some other guy's fucking come home. <laughs> Enjoy it. Hope it tastes better than mine, you bitch. I mean, what, what the fuck else do you say? Yeah. Crazy talk. Sure. Relationships. I know they're they're fun. Yeah. I I've had a fill. I've had enough. I just dude, I It's so funny because remember do you remember when I first came back on the show? Not not the first show, but the like for real. Yeah. After whole press release thing and all sure. that other shit when i rejoined the show sure good. yeah remember how amped i was to get out there and start dating yeah because and i and what did i tell you i said you know as soon as you you know you'll get it out of your system and then once you get it out of your system you'll be just like uh eh, i don't need that nope and and i did have some fun for what eight months or so that that time period when i was serial dating <laughs> You know, I mean, I was going, dude, I, I I, got to the point that the people at Applebee's all knew my name because I went on so many fucking first dates and I always went to Applebee's because I was trying to save enough money to fucking close the deal on second or third dates. Sure. That's really what I was doing. Right. You know, so I go to Applebee's where it's like a $30 date. You know, it's cheap. So, you know, which is probably why I drew the caliber of fucking whore that I did, <laughs> but, you know. But but I did. I I went on, Jesus God. I mean, did you remember what what would you would you say thirty is a high number? I, you know I I don't know all of the dates you went on. I probably can only name five. 
Yeah, but but you knew I was. Yeah, out I, there. I knew you were out there doing stuff, but yeah. I was out constantly with different chicks and all kinds of different chicks. Sure. Um, by and that went on for like eight months, and literally, this is how fucked up I was. I was my dad was in hospice, and I didn't want to cancel the dates, so I still went on the dates. You know, my dad my dad literally was in hospice for a week and I was still doing lunch dates. I'm out at lunch having fucking lunch with some chick and she's oh, uh, you know, what what do you do for a living? I was like, yeah, 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 you know, I do this and that, but I got to go now cuz my dad's dying. Right. You know, I literally that was the place I was in, just all fucked up. Sure. But fast forward 1 year from that time and now I cannot be bothered. After the Teresa experiment, I can't be bothered. Sure. I, I just, I can't do it anymore. I, uh, just the, the thought, this is how bad it's gotten. The thought of waking up next to somebody and having to deal with their bullshit <laughs> is so fucking unappealing to me. Dude, e- even on whatever nights, if I, you know, if I hook up or whatever, I'm leaving. I am absolutely leaving. I am not staying over, and no one is staying here, ever. I, I-, I can't stand it. You know, that whole seeing them when they look fucking half dead from sleeping, and I'm sure I'm the same way. I'm sure I'm no prize to look at when I'm fucking waking up either, but that whole scenario and Oh, uh, you want some coffee? You know, like it's, like, <laughs> you know, dude. The, the whole thing is just such a fucking drag. Yeah. You know, it's like, who wants this? And why would you fucking buy a ring and commit to it every fucking day? Yeah. For well, the rest of your life. Well, the ones that the ones that got me the most that never happen mm-hmm. are the ones who want a key to your house or your wherever oh. it is you're living. And it's like, <laughs> no. that ain't happening. That was another Teresa thing. When when I finally put her because I don't you I don't know if I ever talked about this much on the show, but I will. I don't care. I literally moved her in here within ten days of dating her. Sure, ten goddamn days. I was like, ah, you can stay here, and she stayed here constant. Mm-hmm. And she was a big pain in the ass because she wasn't even working. Right. She was unemployed. Right. So I'd be trying to work, and she'd be like, oh, I'm bored. Well, I got to fucking work. You know, I got to do my job. Well, talk to me. Well, can't you entertain me? Yeah, talk to me. Shut up. Well, here, here, I'll give you the, I'll give you the, another scenario with that, right. with that nineteen-year-old I was telling you about. Yeah. Um. So, I wasn't particularly interested in living with anybody. Right. Because, sure. Because I was, you know, fresh out of a marriage, and you know, I was having fun with this girl and all this and that. So her, she was living at home. Okay. She okay. was 19. She was living at home. Her mother was a really hardcore Mormon. Okay. Mm-hmm. Her stepdad, nice guy. Yeah. He worked for Northrop. Okay? okay. He had a high security clearance and he was on the team that built that B2 bomber, that the flying wing, the black, the black oh, yeah. flying wing. He was on that team. Okay. That built this thing, right? Right. They moved from St. George, Utah to California 
and he was working at this Northrop where they were building this, this, you know, this bomber. Right. Well, they kept the house in St. George and bought a house in California. And he was always worried about his finances because they were always checking up on, you know, different employees, spot checking their finances. Sure. And if you, if they saw that you were in kind of financial straits, mm -hmm. you could lose your security clearance. Oh yeah. Yeah. Sure. So he was kind of worried about that all the time. Okay. So, and then, then things were not going well between him and this girl's mother, because if you know anything about the Mormons, Oh yeah. They, uh, if you're married to a non-Mormon, mm -hmm. they kind of insist that you get your significant other, wife, husband, whatever, to convert. Yeah, you got to get a Mormonized. He was not interested in this. Of course not. So she was always putting the pressure on him. Now, he's working this high-pressure government job with a okay. high-security clearance, right. worrying about the finances, and while she's putting pressure on him to be Mormonized. Right. Right. So this girl, she's 19 years old. I'm 24. Banging right. the shit, the shit out of this girl. She, right. She's coming over almost on a daily basis, <laughs> you know, right. and I'm, you know, and, and, and like you in your first eight months, uh -huh. I'm enjoying the shit out of this. Oh, yeah. You know, well, it comes down to the point to where her father, stepfather rather says, listen. I can't maintain two houses. I got to sell one of them. Okay. I'm going to sell the one here in California. I'm going to get a small apartment near the, the factory in Palmdale. Okay. Um, you know, the rest of the family is going to move back to St. George. Wow. Okay. Okay. So she presents this to me. It's like, well, mom and dad are selling the house here in California. So you need to make a decision if you want me still around because I'm going to go back to St. George and you won't see me anymore or I can move in here and we can be together. Oh, boy. Well, I know how that went. <laughs> yeah. So, of course, I'm young and dumb and full of cum, as the old saying goes. Right. And reluctantly, I allowed her to move into my apartment. You? I did. This is where you learn not to do it again. That's exactly right. All right. So I'm 24, got this hot piece of ass that I'm banging five times a day. Right. And uh, she's given me this whole pressure thing. You know, I if I don't live here, I got to go back to St. George with my mom and sister, my little sister, and then you won't see me anymore. Right. You know, and of course, you're kind of like into it. And it's like, eh, you know, I don't really want to move yeah. you in here but i don't want to see you go and i love you <laughs> no it wasn't it wasn't even so much i love you thing like i want to devote my life to you thing but it was just like you know i don't want to see you go but i you know uh, i you know and i real i believe me i really had a lot of trepidation about this but you loved that puss i did i'll admit that <laughs> i'll admit that <laughs> so, so basically I just relented. I didn't want to believe me. I resisted it with everything I had, but I relented. And how long before she went batshit crazy? Well, it wasn't long <laughs> and I'll tell you, and I'll tell you the story. All right. <laughs> and, uh, the thing is, is that our, our fans have been, uh, 
jumping up and down about the snatch chap bumper. Yeah. So I better play it. All right. Since it goes along with uh, everything we're talking about. Okay. Uh, snatch chat. Let's see, where is it? I had it here just a second ago. Where is it? Snatch chat bumper. Pew, pew, pew. Yeah. Seriously. Uh, let me see where CMS bumpers. Snatch. I don't even remember the snatch chat bumper. This one right. Of- this one right here. There's a request in the chat room that we need a snatch chat bumper. Dude, I'm in a total fucking sexed up porn fucking drunk stupor tonight. I'm just ready to talk about pussy, 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 pussy. Isn't that like the greatest word ever? Cunt. Roast beef. Pictures of snatch shoots. The snatch. We got three inches of moist skin flaps and we'll do anything for that. There you go. <laughs> so good. Silly. All right. So anyway, I didn't want I didn't want to move her in, but I went ahead and relented and she moved in with me. Yeah. So her mother and her younger sister packed up the house. They sold the house. They went back to St. George. Her stepdad got a uh, apartment in Palmdale. He would work there, you know, four or five days a week, and then he'd go to St. George on the weekend. Okay. So she's living with me, right? Right. Now, you know me well enough. Even when I was a younger guy, I like my girls dolled up. Yeah. And one of the things that attracted me to this girl to begin with is the fact that uh, she would always wear these little short dresses and heels and had her hair and makeup and everything all done up all the time. Right. And when we were dating and I would pick her up from her parents' house, she would always be ready to go out on a date. You know what I mean? Sure. She'd all be dolled up, hair, makeup, everything done. And we'd go to dinner and we'd go to movie and we'd do this and do that. Go back to my house, bang it out, you know, and so on and so forth. Well, she moves into my apartment, right? And I'm going to work every day and whatnot. So every day I come home. Now, being that her father was involved with the military complex, as it were. Okay. He had gotten her. I don't know if you ever seen it. It was like a flight suit. You know what that is? I, you've been yeah. in the military, so you know what that is. She mm-hmm. she called it a pickle suit. Okay. You know what that is? Yeah. It's a mm-hmm. jumpsuit. Yeah. And and it had her name on it. You know, he had it made for her because she was just a small girl. She was probably like five foot tall. Okay. You know, but she would wear this flight suit, this jumpsuit, pickle suit, she called it. Okay. Around the house every day. Jesus. That's what she wore. You know, so she'd get out of bed, just pull her hair back in a ponytail, wear this pickle suit, and uh, that's it. So that's what I would come home to. Now, one of the things before I agreed to a lot. Just so I'm clear, there's no bra or panties or nothing? No, no. See, that's hot. Yeah, but well, here, let me let me finish the story here. All right. So. One of the things we discussed before she moved in Uh for, for a guy of my age at the time I was making, I was making a pretty good living. Now we're talking 1987 here. Okay. So I was probably making around 50,000 a year. Oh, wow. So you're making like, that's like about a hundred now. Yeah. So I was doing okay. All right. 
Mm-hmm. So I told her, I said, listen, you don't have to work, you know, because she didn't drive and she didn't have a car. Right. And so it'd been more of a pain in the ass for her to have a pain to part, have a part time job. Right. Because I'd have to get her there somehow. Sure. You know, so and I was doing OK and I didn't you know, I didn't need her to contribute to the household, as it were. Right. So I didn't worry about it. But I said, all you have to do is keep the house clean and, uh, you know, throw some dinner on the table. Right. You know, that's all I ask. Okay. She'd been there about a month. Yeah. Dust on the furniture. Place is just messy. No dinner. Nothing. I get nothing. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Except laid. Well, even that tapered off. Oh, boy. You know, and I'd come home and uh, there'd be like strangers in my house. Right. You know, she'd be like hanging out at the pool and then she'd like invite people in. I I was uh, I I like to play trumpet. Okay. I had a trumpet. I've never seen you play a trumpet. Well, uh, you haven't hung around me a lot, but I was I was teaching myself trumpet at the time. Okay. Do you still play trumpet? Not lately, no. All right. But wow. I still have it though. Okay. So I I I'm sleeping during the day. I'm working at night. And I wake up in the middle of the day and I hear somebody blowing my trumpet. I'm just like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> so I get out of bed and there's like she and like people hanging out my front room and she's inviting people in and it's like who are these people and who's blowing my trumpet (laughs) (laughs) you know that kind of stuff (laughs) it's like this is in a community house you know and it's just like this isn't working and the house is dirty and you don't fix yourself up and what the fuck you know i'm i'm working and i get nothing i get nothing for my efforts Right. Nothing. Jesus. I'm taking care of a kid. <laughs> no. So, you know, she didn't dress up anymore. Didn't, you know, fix the hair and the makeup like I liked it. Didn't get any dinner on the table. Nothing. Right. And so I called her dad one day and I was just like, you know, I'm a little, little put out and this and that. And he goes, yeah, you know, that's how she was at the house. You know, I <laughs> couldn't get her to do anything. great thanks so okay okay so needless to say things were not hunky-dory at the house anymore right okay all right so on my weeks off that i i would work at the club which the club was literally i don't know not even a half a mile from my house right and uh she wasn't old enough to go she was only 19 Okay. And I would go there and I would either do like DJ work or I would manage or I would do this. I, would, I had different things I did at the club. And so sure. I would go out to the club and I'd be gone till like two, three o'clock in the morning, you know, and it wasn't like I was out fucking around or something. I was just doing this thing with the club because I was friends with the owners and, you know, I had a little kind of a side gig going on there. Right. So 10 minutes before I'm ready to walk out the door to go to the club. She's like, I need you to take me to the store to get my birth control pills. What? Yeah. And I said, you're, you're telling me this now. And she goes, well, yeah. And I'm just like, uh, well, I got to go. I, I got to go. You know, she goes, well, I'm out. You, you got to take me. And I'm just like, I said, all right. 
I said, I'll take you. I said, just call, call the pharmacy ahead of time, have them ready. And we'll run up there and grab them and come back. Right. Right. She's like, no, I don't want to do that. What? <laughs> yeah. She goes, I don't want to do that. And I go, why not? And she wouldn't tell me, she wouldn't give me a reason. She goes, well, because I just don't. And I was like, listen, I said, I'm late. I'm ready to go. I said, I'll be willing to take you to the store. Just call ahead, have them ready. Cause you know, if you go to a pharmacy and you place an order at the window, you're going to wait 25, 30, maybe even 40 minutes. Right? Sure. So I told her, I said, just call ahead. I said, once we get up there, it should be ready. We can just go in, pick it up and I can bring you back so I can go. No, nope, right. don't want to do it. Ugh. I said, well, fine. So if you don't want to do that, we're not going. All right. So I left. So I go to the club, do, do my thing, come right. home at two 30 in the morning. She's nowhere to be found. She left. She left. Just gone. Did she hear from her again? Well, let me, let me finish. Well, all of her stuff was there. Her clothes was there. She did bring stuff with her when she moved in. Okay. So I'm just like, well, where the hell did she go? No, no, nothing. Right. So get up the next day. No sign, nothing from her. Right. So I'm starting to get a little concerned because she doesn't have a car and she doesn't drive and, you know, all this other stuff. So somehow she left and I'm just like, I'm not exactly sure what to do. Right. So the whole day goes by. I don't know what to do about it. I mean, she's gone. Okay. Uh, so I called her mom. I said, Hey, have you seen her? Nope. Haven't heard from her. Called her dad. Hey, have you heard? Nope. Haven't heard from her. I'm just like, shit. What happened? You know, second day goes by still nothing. Hear nothing. Two days gone. All right. So I'm out, you know, looking around the neighborhood. I didn't really know many of my neighbors, but this guy that lived next to me, he came home from work and, and I went over and walked over and knocked on his door. And I said, Hey man, I said, have you seen, you know, my girlfriend? And he goes, well, yeah, actually I have. And I was just like, he goes, why don't you come on inside? Let me tell you what happened. I was just yeah, like, I remember this. And I was just like, okay, what happened? He says, well, the other night, uh, she came over to the house and she's just like, yeah, you know, she started complaining bitterly about you, that you were being a bastard and you weren't, you know, you wouldn't take her to the store and you wouldn't do this. And you went, and so I told the guy the, the, you know, just what I just told you. And he's just like, yeah, I know. He says, I've known you for several years. He says, I know you're a pretty good guy. You know, I don't think you're that guy. He goes, so, so he <laughs> says, she, she's asking me if I would take her to the store. Right. And, uh, he, he's, she says, but I don't have any money. And so he said, we dumped out my change jar and counted out like, I don't know what it was like 12 or 15 bucks or something like that. Okay. And he goes, I took her up to the store. She put, picked up her birth control pills. We came back here. Uh, she, you know, we were just sitting here talking. She asked if she could use my phone. She called up somebody about 10 minutes later. Some guy ants, knocks on the door and she thanks me and she leaves. And I uh, said, boy, what does this guy look like? You know, so he explained it to me and what this guy looked like. And it was a guy who worked for me. Right. I remember this now. Yeah. yeah. So she took off with a guy that worked for me. It was a mechanic that worked for me. Ugh, what a whore. I know. What a fucking whore. I know. 
Did you ever confront her? I no? did. No, I did. So one, what did so, she say? Well, you were mean to me. Well, no. So so once, once I found out where she was, yeah, I went over to his place, and I knocked on the door, and he answers the door. He worked nights too, so he was asleep, and he woke up, and he came to the door, and just like, hey, you know, I'm. I know you got to work. I know you're sleeping. I said, you know, I hate to bother you. I said, but have you seen, you know, my girlfriend? He goes, yeah, I've seen her. I said, well, where is she? Well, she's here. And I'm just like, you're so much much nicer than me, dude. What am I going to do? Am I going to get a domestic (laughs) violence assault? Yes, That's exactly what you do. I'm not going to jail for some bitch. I would take the day. Nah, I I would absolutely take the day. I would take the one day in jail to make my fucking point. Yeah. So I would. So I, I, she, he got, I said, well, can I see her? And he, yeah, yeah. So he invites me in and she, she's there and she goes, what are you doing here? I said, I think the question is, what are you doing here? Right. And she's like, well, I live here now. Okay. And I said, okay, fine. I said, come and get your shit. It'll be outside you whore. Yeah. I turned around, walked out <laughs> just like that. Unbelievable. I know. S- stupid whore got a great book in me dude i got lots of these type of stories to tell you that's that's just a very minimal part yeah oh i know eventually dude you know who else has a great book in them do you know no who andrew bouchard do you know who andrew bouchard is? i do not he wrote the book the seduction of anita sarkeesian i don't even know what that is dude anita carsey anita sarkeesian doesn't want you to read this book if you hate anita then why not irritate her by purchasing a copy it's 106 pages written by andrew bouchard i have no idea what that is you don't know what that is it's the plug we had to do oh very nice (laughs) see how i worked that right in there yeah look at you (laughs) wow the fuck is he talking about (laughs) so that's our shout out that's our shout out to the seduction of Anita Sarkeesian. It is available on Amazon. Only a dollar ninety nine Kindle or seven twenty five paperback. Very nice. Available to you today. Very cool. It. All right. There you go. We give them probably twenty five seconds. Yeah. There we go. We get. We're going to be doing a few live reads now and again. Yeah. Try to work it into the show. <laughs> Thank you for my eight dollars, Andrew. Yeah. There you go. Appreciate it. All right. All right, let's play some music. All right, I'm gonna Everybody's go get it. Bitch, I've heard that story. Uh, before. Sorry, sorry, sorry. We're free flowing. Yeah. All right. Something you like to hear, sir? How about? Um, I just want to. I don't want to hear anything that I normally hear. So, how about? You got any Iron Savior over there? I just may have some Iron Savior. All right. I don't know any of their song names. I'm just going for something that is different. All right. So, Well, I've got something from 2007 from their Megatropolis release. All right. That sounds perfect. We can play something from that if you'd like to hear some Iron Savior. I would like to hear some Iron Savior. All right. Falconer. (laughs) Yep. Falconer over there. Yeah, I'm gonna play. Day. I'm gonna play the Iron Savior. All right, perfect. They're gonna get Iron Savior tonight. So screw you, pal. 
Yeah, pal. If you don't like our stories, fuck you. Yeah. All right. Let's play some Running Riot. All right. That was the song. I Never mind. All right. <laughs> Here's some Iron Savior exclusively here. On your classic metal show. Thank you. 